0: Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com.
1: This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? I can no idea. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. He's just going to go the distance. Now here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath.
0: We've got the rest of the week six slate here, and we're going to get you ready for week seven when six teams are on a bye. We're going to help you beat the waiver wire, get there before it's too late, and get those lineups ready for this week and next week. How about that? Welcome to Fantasy Football today. Happy Friday, everybody. Remember, we have a mailbag coming up if you want to send us an email. I don't know if it'll get on this week's mailbag, but you can always email us at fantasyfootballcbsi.com. Dave and Jamie are here. I'm Adam. Uh, Which unit is better this year? Not for fantasy. Just which unit is better? The Kansas City Chiefs offense or the Kansas City Chiefs defense?
2: Uh, Their defense. It's been Mm -hmm. fairly impressive.
0: Yeah. Well, that sucks for fantasy. Okay.
2: (laughs) They're boring. I started
1: the Chiefs DST.
0: Great. That's good. They're boring. They don't produce the fantasy points we want, and they don't give up the fantasy points we want anymore. It's not like, oh, the Chiefs are coming to town. Here's a shootout. They've had the Broncos and the Vikings the last two games, and we can't get a big game from from Patrick Mahomes. It's a little bit of frustration for fantasy managers here. What do you guys mm. think
2: about... Uh, Jamie, what do you think? Kansas City 19, Denver 8. Uh, well, you probably thought it was the greatest game you've ever seen. Um, <laughs> uh, a little boring, but... I think there's a couple things you look at. First, Travis Kelsey's best game so far this season, so that was good to see, especially coming in with an ankle injury. Then Isaiah Pacheco's involvement in the passing game, six catches was was great. You know, so he's doing things in different ways, not just relying on scoring touchdowns. And my gosh, uh, the Broncos are a mess—absolute, absolute mess. You got three guys in the backfield now. That's frustrating. Uh, four. Receivers. It's four. It, they were using their fullback
1: as a passing down guy. Yeah,
2: it's three guys. Um, you know the the I the wish. receiving core is, you know, I mean, okay, Cortland Sutton continues to produce, but you know it was ugly. Right. Uh, I hope they trade Jerry Judy at this point. You know, I mean, if, if Steve Smith will allow it and oh, right, um,
0: steve smith uh, the nfl gms are going to call steve smith and be like hey
2: no hey. i think he meant one team in particular is going to call steve smith the team that has already made it clear that they want to go get a wide receiver yeah. the team that he used to play for so okay. that, that was pretty obvious what he was talking about okay wow um,
0: okay but, so okay. yeah
2: so it's it's just ugly it's ugly you know play marvin mims more please and start to rely on your younger players if you're denver and that i think will hopefully be the case
1: Did Russ to me look like, and this is not just yesterday, but last week too. He looks like the Russ of 2022. He's not trusting his eyes downfield. He doesn't trust his offensive line. It was either one of two things for him on most plays. He was either getting rid of the ball too quickly and not giving his receivers a chance to get open downfield, or he was holding the ball too damn long and he would get sacked. But Did you see, Dave,
0: how many times they showed how covered all of the receivers were?
1: There were there were plenty of those, but there were also times where they were open a little bit. They weren't wide open. He just he just he's just not he's not good anymore. I hate to say it. Yeah. A couple of throws on that scoring drive were good, but he was late on the deep throw to Cortland Sutton. Sutton's touchdown catch was awesome. I want to give him props for that. Yeah, but everything else, man, this offense is a mess. Woof.
0: Judy only played 65% of the snaps. Uh, That was disappointing. Kelsey played 69% of the snaps. So obviously not fully healthy. Amazing what he was able to do in this game. Um, I don't know. I don't really know there's that much to say. I mean, did anyone's value change in your eyes? You know, it was a disappointing game for Pacheco. Um, it was a good game for rice, but still only four targets. He turned them into 72 yards and he played half the snaps, which is typical for him. Dave, did anyone's fantasy value change in your eyes?
1: I I think that Rasheed rice has a path to being a better fantasy receiver. You just look at the other wideouts that they've got in Kansas city. Who else is making plays for them? I'd, I'd be really happy if I had rice on my bench. And I think eventually what Jamie's talking about with the young guys in Denver, you're going to see that eventually where you'll see more McLaughlin and more Marvin Mims. Once they trade Judy, you'll definitely see more of Marvin Mims.
2: But will you see those guys with Russ? That's the problem. Because if they're starting to make changes, are they going the
1: go they- to... Put Russ on the back to go to Stidham? Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. But we saw Stidham. There were two games last year. One of them, he was great, and one of them, he stunk. So yeah. there will probably be some inconsistency if he plays, but I I would imagine they'd put him in a in a situation where he won't screw up. <laughs> he might not screw up as much as Russ has been screwing up. Let's put it that way. Uh, you know, it's interesting. It, starting,
0: uh, uh, it's easy to sit Javante Williams, Jaleel McLaughlin. I mean, you could obviously drop P. Ryan at this point.
1: But yeah, can you drop? He's basically the hurry up back now.
0: Can you drop those guys? Like, what are you going to get from them? I, I mean, I, I saw your face, Dave, and I get that. It's You've got this opportunity to get a guy who's going to get only 12 carries this week for 50
1: yards. That would be awesome. But are they going to score? That sounds like Javante. I think McLaughlin's got a little bit more appeal than that.
0: Yeah. I hate those types of players. I talk about it a lot. Too yep. too good to drop, but not good enough to start. I hate those players. The first that was Tevin Coleman back in the day. It was the first player I said Evan that Coleman. about when he was the number two guy behind De- uh, Devontae Freeman. It's like I can't drop this guy, but I can never start this guy. It's like purgatory uh, on your team. All right, we got to talk about Mahomes, Jamie. Patrick Mahomes is QB what rest of season? I think he was QB seven or something going into the game. He scored nineteen point three fantasy points. He had an interception in the end zone, kind of changed his game. But uh, he's QB what rest of season?
2: Say five. I mean, there's going to be some big games coming from him, you know. So there's still top three. There's still number one potential. But look, the the defense and the run game have been better than we thought. And that's a you know a problem right now. The receiving core has not helped him. I don't know if this receiving core is dramatically worse than last year's receiving core when it was Juju Smith Schuster, MVS, and you know, Kadarius, Tony Skymore, Michael Hardman, you know, he was getting some touchdowns there. But it's just a problem right now. And and there's certainly a by low window. You know, you should clearly be making trades to get Patrick Mahomes because if this offense sort of wakes up and again, it's not like they've been awful, awful. They just haven't been to the higher levels in the ceiling that we're used to getting. But Man, if you can get Mahomes cheap right now, yeah, absolutely do so.
0: <clears throat> would you rather Mahomes or Burrow rest of season? And how confident are you in this pick?
1: Mahomes and and confident. Okay. Mahomes and I don't think I'm quite as confident as Jamie sounds, but
2: yes, I would need to see Burrow do that again one more week, and he's he's capable of it. But just just to make sure, like he's fully back, and it wasn't just the Cardinals.
0: Dave is way too high on Joe Burrow this week. What do you have him fifth?
1: Yeah, something like that.
2: Why?
0: What has he done to to prove that? he's
1: healthier? He's getting T. Higgins back, and I think the weakness of the Seattle defense. Is that's
0: the game of the week. Yeah.
1: <laughs> there we go. <laughs> and I don't really have a four. I can't do it this week. But that's it's, the game you of can the cough week. Cough your way through the song. Go ahead. It's the game of the week. Hey. Game of the Week is brought to you by Hall's Cough Drops. <laughs> Use them when you've got a cough for a month straight. Sorry, I didn't mean to call you out on your borough ranking. I was
0: just trying to wait. Trying no, I know you had to get to, me. Uh,
1: that I'll give you. Uh, I'll give you an A minus on that. That was a good one. All
0: right, thank you. Um, okay. Back to this game. I, I do you this,
1: actually believe it? Because you told us before the show that you didn't have a game of the week.
0: That was I. I didn't, and then I was like, hey, you know, let's do Cincinnati, uh, Seattle. Yeah, I think it's going to be a really good game. I I, I hope it's going to be high scoring and uh, very competitive. Um, I uh, I shouldn't have said what I said about um, Pacheco. I think I said he had a disappointing game. He did have six catches. He had almost 100 total yards and six catches, so it was really good. Uh, I guess I was a little surprised he didn't score a touchdown. But uh, it's the
2: worst game against the Broncos since week two. (laughs) Yeah, about that. I'm sorry. Since week well, yeah, since week two because Brian Robinson had 22 plus points.
0: All right, I think that pretty much wraps up that game. Uh, Weekend programming. We got a lot of it. Of course, we have the mailbag. And if you want your question right on the mailbag, the best bet is to give us an Apple podcast five-star review and do that on maybe Tuesday or so, Monday or Tuesday with your question for week, whatever week is coming up. Uh, it takes a while for that to populate an Apple. And, of course, we have Ask FFT on Twitter. Hashtag AskFFT. We'll be answering your questions throughout the weekend. We got another London game. So HQ is at 9 a.m., Fantasy Football Today on CBS Sports HQ. You can watch it on the CBS Sports app. You should just get the CBS Sports app, and you should be watching HQ all the time. Um, it's free. Yeah, it's awesome. Really great content. And then we have our live stream on YouTube at youtube.com slash Today, starting at 11.30 a.m. Eastern, going right up until kickoff. Heath is on for the first half hour. Dave for the second half hour. Jamie for the third half hour. Chris Towers, Frank Stample, they're on for the entire time. News and notes. Daniel Jones practice again. So we'll see if he practices today. But I guess right now we should expect Tarod Taylor at Bo Revenge Game for Taylor. All right. Uh, Deshaun Watson will not play this week, according to our Josina Anderson facing the 49ers. He's 85. I'm still surprised that he's 85% rostered. We'll talk about uh, beat the waiver wire. I thought maybe Watson was a guy you could beat the waiver wire with, but nobody's really dropping him. Uh, Jeff Wilson was limited in practice, uh, but has a chance to play this week. So make sure he's rostered. Tony Pollard was limited with a shoulder injury. That was their first practice of the week, their Monday night. Saquon Barkley still don't know if he'll play, but he continues to be limited. Elijah Mitchell back on the practice field. And Miles Sanders practice with a shoulder injury. So I think we talked about this game yesterday, but now he missed practice again. So, Jamie, your thoughts on Chuba Hubbard if Sanders is out at Miami?
2: A good flex. You know, I don't know if you want to necessarily say must start running back, but he's going to get a lot of opportunities, a lot of touches, certainly work in the passing game. They're double-digit underdogs, so they're probably going to be chasing points against the Dolphins. He's already kind of been there passing downs back and working in these, you know, fourth-quarter garbage-time situations and now get a chance to get more carries. So don't necessarily want to say he's great. He did have some good moments over the last couple of years when he did get double-digit touches. So in that, you know, flex Range probably better than the guys like Jerome Ford, Rashad White, um, Damian Pierce, those type of guys.
1: And ahead of DeMarcado? Uh
2: If there is no Keontae Ingram, I would go DeMarco.
1: But I would too. But if same, there is range. Ingram and no Sanders, I think same you got to go with Chuba Fly.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, how about Chuba Hubbard with Sanders out or Deontay Foreman?
1: Foreman especially if there's no Roshon Johnson. Well,
0: that's what I was assuming. I'm assuming there's no Roshon Johnson.
1: he? Yep. I would assume still there's no Miles practiced. Sanders either.
0: Okay. Roshon Johnson still hasn't practiced. That's another running back note for you there. Uh, Jonathan Taylor is going to get more work this week. Keontae Ingram. I actually didn't see the updated injury report last Still night. limited. Still limited. Okay. So that's nothing new for Keontae Ingram. And wide receiver news. Mike Evans got in a limited practice. That was good to see uh Tampa Bay they have uh what they have this week I'm sorry Detroit Detroit, Detroit. That that game's coming up T Higgins was limited he's trending in the right direction for the game of the week yeah Zay Jones missed practice Tank Dell mispractice. practice uh Devante. did Zay Jones mis- am I right about that did Zay Jones miss practice Okay
1: yeah but you I thought you were about to say Devontae Adams didn't practice
0: no, he was he, limited,
1: right? He was limited. Okay. Yep. So trending. Good.
0: Uh Chris Olave practiced in full. That was good. Darren Waller limited in practice. Sam Laporta might miss this week's game. He has a calf injury.
1: Yeah, that sucks. Gotta see what happens on Friday.
0: <laughs> Boy, we just can't get Josh Reynolds out of our lineup.
1: Right? Um I don't oh. think that's a bad thing. No, it's great.
0: Uh yeah. Jameer Gibbs, by the way, I forgot about him. He also did not practice. Hey, uh,
1: did you get a chance to watch Derek Carr's game last yes, week? Yes, I did. Thought he looked better, right? Much better. Good. That's uh, good for Olave. And uh, Olave was this close to having a second yeah. touchdown on a deep pass. Yeah, yeah. I
2: just hope he's okay with that toe injury. Yep. Right. That's I, why it was I encouraging
0: so that he practiced in full. Um, mm-hmm. But you never know what that means, right? I mean, two weeks ago, I remember Joe Burrow was practicing in full, and he was horrible that week. So oh, You never know. Uh, Dawson Knox and Dalton Kincaid were both limited, but easier to see Knox getting back this week than Kincaid. Yes. On the offensive line, the Giants offensive line is still very beat up and Buffalo will get, I'm going to set an honest, honest over under here. Seven and a half sacks for the bills.
1: Yeah, probably.
0: What do you think?
2: Uh, I would take the under, but it's probably close.
0: (laughs) Uh, I don't know what else. Any other big ones here? It's still the Rams. Joe Noteboom might miss their might miss the game, but Kevin Dotson came back to practice. I don't know. Are there any defenses or offensive lines that are particularly beat up in a sense that it's going to change fantasy this week?
2: Do we know Jeffrey Simmons' status? <sighs> no, I, I, I'm checking right now.
0: Okay, that
2: is because that would make deal. the Ravens' running backs a lot more interesting.
0: Justice Hill. Uh, he over. was yeah. limited. Yeah. He, he was limited on Thursday, after missing Wednesday.
2: I mean, look, they've already, you know, they they ruled out the guys that weren't going to make the trip, you know, like Traylon Burks, for example. They didn't send him to London.
0: Uh, for the Ravens, Morgan Moses practiced in full, so that's good. That's their right tackle, huge for them. They'll get him
1: figuratively now. and literally.
0: Um. Yeah. All right. Uh, not. It's not one of those weeks, I guess where we're looking at major defensive injuries. We'll see if... Uh, did Darius Slay practice? I'm sorry. I know I should know this. I think he did. All right. I don't know that it really matters for that Jets game. All right. It let's go knows. to one question for each game.
1: Minnesota's at Chicago. Who's a better waiver wire flex? He did not. I'm taking it back. Thursday did not practice Darius Slay. Okay. All right. One question for each
0: game. Minnesota's at Chicago. Better waiver wire flex. K.J. Osborne... Or Deontay Foreman?
2: PPR and half PPR. It's Osborne. Non, it's Foreman. I agree. Arizona's
0: at the Rams. I mean, the one question for this game has to be starter sit Amari Mari Mercado.
1: I, I would try and not start Di Mercado because we don't know just how much he'll cut into the rushing workload. I, I am not a fan of Keontae Ingram. He is averaging below two yards per carry so far in his NFL career. He hasn't impressed in the preseason. He's just a physical grinder with without a lot of juice. And DiMarcado's got a little bit of it, and he's a good pass catcher out of the backfield. I think they'll trail in this game against L.A., and that'll give DiMarcado a chance for maybe five catches. I, I don't feel great about him this week. He's, at best, a low-end RB, two. You got three guys
2: that a lot of people, I think, are going to have some tough times with. Tuba Hubbard... Di Mercado, and Deontay Foreman. You know, they're all backups stepping into potentially big roles. Not the easiest of situations for any of them based on the defenses that they're facing, but opportunity is there. So it's uh it's a guessing yeah. game for sure. I would I would rank them Foreman, De Mercado, Hubbard right now. That's so
1: uh-huh. how I have it right now too. I could see it switching though if there's no Sanders. We already talked about that.
0: I apologize for how unprofessional this is. I have to step away for a moment. Can you guys continue? Dave, you have the notes. Can you read the one question for each? Yeah, sure. Sure.
1: I got it you got it? All right. All right. We'll take turns. Detroit at Tampa Bay. How do you approach the Tampa Bay wide receivers, Jamie?
2: Um, If Mike Evans plays, he's a must-start guy, and Chris Godwin's a number three receiver. If there is no Mike Evans, Chris Godwin's a must-start guy, and you can play the guessing game on Trey Palmer or anybody else if you would like.
1: One-word answer, is Trey Palmer worth stashing in deeper leagues? Not if Evans plays. Okay. You want to ask the next one? Washington and Atlanta, are you buying into the Desmond Ritter home-road splits? And Adam has the notes. In his career at home, completion rate is 70%. Yards per attempt is Uh, 7.5. 100.4 passer rating on the road. Completion rate is below 60%. And five yards per attempt, 177 yards per game. Do you believe in the Desmond Ritter, Amari Cooper, Jared Goff home road splits?
2: Uh, I I hope for his sake he plays better at home because he does not play well on the road. Do I want to trust Desmond Ritter as a fantasy option? No. I just hope he gets the important guys the ball. So that would be Drake London. And... Kyle Pitts, and even Johnny Smith, if we want to start to consider him borderline starter at that position. So that's the only thing I really care about where he's playing and how it impacts those guys.
1: Washington's been terrible against the deep pass. We all saw it last Thursday. I'm kind of hopeful for Drake London this week. Eagles at the Jets. Who's the best running back in this game?
2: DeAndre Swift. I I like that Brees Hall was back to being Brees Hall again, but this is not the game you want to say, okay, I'm going all the way back in. You're still starting him. I get that, the running back position being what it is. But no Elijah Tucker taking on this defensive front. There is a great buy-low opportunity coming for Brees Hall if he struggles in this game because they have a buy in week seven. And so for the fantasy managers that might need some running back help, you can try and get him before the week eight schedule on picks up because it's a great finishing kick. So if he does have a poor game, then try and make trades for Brees Hall. If he has a great game, you're you're obviously loving the situation for him, but I think he's going to have a little bit of a downturn based on what we saw from last week.
1: Four games after the bye, Giants, Chargers, Raiders, Bills. I know everybody's nervous about the Bills. They're terrible against the run so far this year. Adam, Dallas at the Chargers. Josh Palmer or KJ Osborne this week? I got to go Palmer.
0: That was my question to you guys, though. How about you? That's a tough one for me. I like these guys.
2: Uh, I would go Palmer as well, but I, I agree. I think they're both very, very similar.
1: i I agree that they're similar. I will take my chances with Osborne, knowing that I, I think he's just he's locked into that role now moving forward. Palmer could come out of this of uh, the bye week and lose some opportunities to Quentin Johnston, plus Austin Eckler's back. and Eckler will take some targets away. I'll go with Osborne.
2: The reason I like Palmer slightly better and why I think it's going to be a fun game for the Chargers. Uh, do you remember who Mike McCarthy decided to move on from this offseason? Yeah, yeah. Kellen Moore.
1: I know. Do you remember what he said about Kellen Moore? He plays too fast and throws the ball too much,
2: and he likes to worry about lighting up the scoreboard. What do you think Kellen Moore is going to want to do in this matchup <laughs> for this Chargers? Yeah, I love so it. I'm all in on the Chargers this week.
0: I love it. That's a great narrative. All right, this will, last question for the one question for each game. I, I mean, this. I hope this doesn't sound crazy to people, but I'm nervous about it. Starter sit Saquon Barkley if he plays Giants at Buffalo.
2: You know, so we had this conversation uh, yesterday. I forget which running back we were talking. Maybe Joe Mixon, I think it was. Like, who would you start over, Mix or Henry? I forget who we were comparing this to. But, you know, you have Raheem Oster, David Montgomery, um, Kyron Williams. Uh, I might be forgetting somebody. But that, that group of guys that were either drafted later or picked up off the waiver wire in some cases that – it's it's somewhat easy to bench Saquon Barkley if you have those guys. Like, you're not benching him for Tuba Hubbard and, and de Mercado and Foreman and those guys, but the offensive line's a disaster. They're significant underdogs. Dave just said that the Bills are bad against the run. I don't know if they're really bad against the run. They gave up, you know, a couple big runs to Brees Hall in week one, and they struggled against A-Chan in a 48-20 in a to 20 blowout win for them. So, you know, I guess ETN... ETN, yeah, so, ETN um, ripped them apart. Yeah, they, they, you know, losing Matt Milano stinks. So, for them. Um, but... Is Saquon Barkley, A, healthy enough? And B, does the offensive line give him enough opportunities that he's top 10 worthy? So I would put him, like, I probably would play Zach Moss over him, to be honest with you.
0: Oh, wow. Okay, all right, so I'm not crazy, because I I have one league with Barkley, and I'm sitting him for Pollard, Walker, and Swift.
2: Oh,
1: yeah. I mean Those are easy decisions. It's when you get to Alexander Madison, Brian Robinson, those types of guys. Okay, so he's in that range. Well, that's the last game we're
0: going to talk about, so in case people don't stick around for that long. Madison, Barkley, who was the other one? Robinson, Dave, like give me your ranking of those those players.
1: I'll put those guys ahead of Saquon. All right. Like as bad as the Bills' run defense is and they could get worse without Matt Milano there, the offensive line for New York, and then if there's no Daniel Jones, I just I feel like this offense is going to hit the toilet this week. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I got news for you. Even if there is Daniel Jones, this this <laughs> offense is going dead on the can this week. But
1: I'll feel a little, I'll feel a little bit better <laughs> about Saquon if Jones can get into practice on Friday and, and play without restriction. All right, we got to take
0: a break. When we come back, we'll help you beat the waiver wire. Six teams are on bye in week seven, so get ahead of the game. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football today.
1: Robert Half Research indicates nine
2: out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles,
0: Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for being here on this Friday. Appreciate it. And uh, let's take a look. The Jets, the Cowboys, the Texans, the Titans, the Bengals, and the Panthers are on a bye. So the bad news is there's six teams on a bye. The good news is four of them are the Jets, Titans, Panthers, and uh, Texans actually kind of a big deal. But it's not the worst. It's not the biggest by NATO. It's like a Category 1 by NATO. Uh,
1: Week 11 will be the Category 5.
0: All right, Dave, you've already really planned for this. You have practically a column written about who to pick up. So who are the headliners if you need to get ahead of it?
1: Well, which position do you want to talk about? I, th- I think it's easiest to start with the DSTs and then work our way to the tougher positions. Um, I, I like the idea of picking up the commanders and the Rams defenses because you can start them in week six and in week seven. Commanders have the Giants in week seven. They play at Atlanta in week six. Uh, yeah, I think that they're okay to, to, roll with the Rams this week Have Arizona, and then they've got the Steelers at home in week number seven, double checking to make sure that's right. It is. So you could roll with those defenses and then you don't have to worry about it for the next two weeks, but week seven DSTs, the Browns, maybe think twice about dropping them. They're at Indianapolis. Seattle is home against Arizona. Green Bay and Tampa Bay are also on the list. Quarterbacks. Uh, I don't know how many of these guys you'd feel comfortable starting this week. Sam Howell, Geno Smith. Jimmy Garoppolo, Derek Carr, I like their matchups in Week 7. I like Jordan Love's matchup at Denver in Week 7 coming off the bye. And I don't know if Deshaun Watson's going to be back or not. He's got Indianapolis in Week 7. The waiver wire running backs, most of these guys are already rostered, but if you can find Antonio Gibson, um, whoever's left over from Jeff Wilson and Savan Ahmed, Kendra Miller, maybe you'll be able to squeeze out a couple of points from those guys um, who could be worth a damn in in Week Number 7. And receivers, um, maybe Josh Reynolds is still out there. Maybe Josh Downs is still out there. I've seen JSN out there in more leagues than than he should be. He's got Arizona in Week 7. I wonder if he comes alive after the bye. He gets the post-bye bump and ends up being someone who could be a bye week replacement for the week after next. Same thing with Michael Wilson and Brandon Powell, slot receiver for Minnesota, moving forward. Uh, I don't like his matchup against San Francisco in Week 7, but he might get you 10 PPR points. All right, that was pretty
0: quick. I mean, that was a lot of names there, but you got uh, Garoppolo at the Bears. I know, I'm know i just going to repeat some. Garoppolo at the Bears, Howell at the Giants. Those are two guys you could look at. Uh, you didn't mention the Bears running backs, but they've got the Raiders in week seven, and Deontay Foreman is still 58% rostered, and Roshan yeah, Johnson... Yeah, he would be
1: at the top of the list then.
0: I think Roshan Johnson's 78% rostered, so you might be able to find him in some leagues, and hopefully he should... I would think he'll be back for week seven um josh downs i don't know if you said him but i just think he's under rostered yeah. to begin with uh yep. maybe elijah we've been talking moore. about him for a couple of weeks now yeah elijah moore if watson's back he gets like eight tar eight targets every game basically when watson plays not and so good 40 receiving yards yeah um but you know you could be desperate and then deontay johnson is 71 percent rostered i mean that is the first beat the waiver wire right now is deontay johnson just go get him uh, I don't know if you I like mentioned call. Logan Thomas at the Giants in Week 7. Logan Thomas, Luke Musgrave, and even Pat Fryermuth at the Rams. Okay. All right, let's go to the games. Minnesota's at Chicago. Kind of weird. It's that of the game. The Bears, they're not terrible against wide receivers. I think they're 20th. Mike Evans is the only wide receiver with more than 65 yards against the Bears. Um, no wide receiver has more than eight targets against the Bears. And Evans, by the way, cheated. He had a blatant pass interference that wasn't called against the Bears for a 70-yard I game. I love that. He cheated. I'm sorry. It's just cheating. Uh, but actually, even if you took that away, you still would have had 100 yards. Um, but anyway, it's kind of weird. It's, they're such a bad defense, but for some reason, wide receivers don't really crush them. And But this team throws more than basically any team in football, the Vikings. That's team. the point. They yep. did with Jefferson. So, yeah, I guess what are your ex- expectations for the passing game here, Jamie?
2: I think that we're still going to get the high-volume passing attack from the Vikings. It'll probably be a little bit of a downturn, especially if Madison gets going a little bit. You know, we saw that in the Panthers game. I know there was a time of possession issue for Minnesota, but that was a game where Madison had, what, 17 for 95 yards, I think it was. So, you know, he was he was running the ball well and maybe as well as he's run all season. So that could certainly happen this week against the Bears, whether it's, you know, Madison or the group, you know, with Cam Akers and Ty Chandler. So if the if the Vikings do get a little bit more conservative without Jefferson on the field, the thing about it though is I think the Bears are going to score. So I, I think we're going to have you know there's there's some shootout potential here because the way Justin Field is playing right now, and I know the Vikings defense has played a little bit better of late, but there's still you know with with the way Field is rolling right now, I think the Bears offense will be able to put up some points. So Addison is a must-start receiver now, you know until he proves otherwise. He's got three games with six targets. He's averaging over 15 PPR points per game in those three. He's probably going to get six plus targets, so hopefully that continues. And Hawkinson will be fine. It's the question of you know you asked this before about you know uh, Osborne versus Palmer and just really Osborne versus a lot of wide receivers. How much do you want to buy into him and trust him in his first game without Justin Jefferson there? And you know Dave mentioned Powell, and you know we'll see if there's you know more attention to just Hawkinson and Addison across the board. So there is some risk with with Osborne, so he should be rostered. You know, comes down to who you have on your team, but there is certainly the upside of being the guy who gets some of those, if not all, of the eight targets that Justin Jefferson has vacated, and if that's the case, then Osborne's going to be potentially really good.
1: Well, I I think with Osborne, you're hoping that he scores. I don't think he's particularly a burner. He struggled to separate from coverage as recently as last week, and the track record says that he's touchdown dependent. 20 career games with at least five targets. He scored at least 12 PPR points in 13 of the 20, and in eleven of those thirteen games, he scored a touchdown. Yeah, so That's I, I think he needs to score. And Chicago's second
0: <laughs> Dave needs a second. Uh, Dave froze. Uh,
2: I, I think the, the the thing that we we've seen from Osborne, he's benefited from having somebody great opposite him. You Sorry, know, and so will he have somebody great opposite him That's this fair. week.
1: Now you, froze, uh, I was going to say the Bears' it. secondary. I thought they played better last week. I thought the whole defense. Played better last week. You can take the opponent into consideration. Jalen Johnson is expected back for them. He's he's their best corner.
2: Well, it's also Iberflus is calling the def- defensive plays now, too. That's you know been evident the last couple of games that they've looked better. They had the fourth quarter collapse against the Broncos, but they look much better against the Commanders. And so I, I think that's part of it, that they're getting healthy. They have probably better play calling. And so we'll see how that goes this week against Minnesota.
0: Yeah, I think what's interesting about the way you guys are ranking the Vikings <clears throat> is that... How many uh, Hawkinson is obviously a, a layup is Addison a layup because cousins Osborne and even Madison who I think you have around 18th or so you're you're not like shouting to the mountain shouting to the hill you know running up and shouting on top of a mountain start these guys it's like yeah they're they're fine uh, but Addison I guess would he be like a slam dunk
1: yeah
2: He's, he's pretty close to it. You know, I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll say it again. There's only two teams on a buy, and we have a couple of injuries that we're dealing with. There's there's still 30 to 36 wide receivers that are must-start guys. And so when you when you look at those players, and then you see where Addison is ranked. You know, I, I don't know where everybody else has him. He's top 20 for me. I think he's like 15. Me too. Um, you know, there there's just a lot to love. For Madison, if there wasn't what we saw last week where Cam Akers was playing more, you know, and, and again, we had the benefit of – Tom Spencer joining us, who's in the booth with Nance and Romo, and he said, because he met with the coaches, they're talking up Cam Akers, they're talking up Ty Chandler. And then we saw it from a snap count perspective. You know, that's a little bit concerning because we know Madison, while some of the fantasy production has still been there, the the play has not been very good. So will they make a little bit more of a switch? So I hope Madison, like I said, comes out and, you know, sort of still is the guy. But you're starting him. I mean, as, as Dave said, and I would agree, you know, Madison over Saquon Barkley this week doesn't seem like it's an easy call, but it might be just based on how healthy Barkley is.
0: Yeah, Madison has now gone 33 straight games without a run longer than 17 yards. In a lot of those games, he was a backup, but it's just kind of... That's, he just doesn't really make big plays, so he needs the volume or he needs the touchdowns. The Bears give up the third most fantasy points to running backs. They're not so bad per carry, but they give up the most receiving yards per game to running backs. All right, we love Jordan Addison. Heath loves Kirk Cousins, has Cousins fourth. You guys have Cousins 11th, um, so we can do some Cousins or as... Oh, by the way, we'll do the same thing that we did yesterday. If anybody in the chat has a question specific to this game, like this one right here, K.J. Osborne or Josh Downs, PPR...
1: I have Osborne higher.
2: Yeah, I, I do too. But I'm a little torn, you know, just based on how much Josh Downs has been getting so much attention from from Gardner Minshew. So it it's close. If you have more of a gut feeling on Downs, I have no problem with it.
0: Okay, uh, we can do some more Cousins stuff, kind of as we go through the day. But you like Fields better than Cousins, I assume. Oh yeah. All right. Yes. Another big day for Fields and uh, and DJ Moore.
2: I think so. I mean, until the wheels fall often. off. He's locked in right now, and he's locked in on, on DJ Moore, too. So we'll see if Minnesota is going to stop him, but he's looked great the last two weeks.
0: Minnesota is another team that gives up a lot of deep balls, a lot of big plays, just like the Commanders last week. It was a great matchup for DJ Moore, so an- another one that could be a big day for DJ Moore. Um, he's top seven for everybody in both non and full PPR. I'm not even going to ask DJ Moore questions. The answer for Dave, Jamie, and Heath is DJ Moore. Um, all right, Deontay Foreman. Do, I'm sorry. Have you ranked Foreman as if he's the, the lead guy and Roshan Johnson's out?
2: Yes. Uh, yes. I, I sort of had a little bit of a, okay, this is kind of where he will be and maybe Johnson's playing. I'll bump him up a couple spots if Johnson's ruled out.
0: Oh, okay. And the, so he's right around 20, 23rd, 21st for Jamie, 23rd he'll, for Dave
2: and PPR.
1: He'll be right in that low end RB2 range. Yeah, it's he's not going on great volume. Far, Volume and fresh legs. I wouldn't rule out him having, you know, a couple of explosive plays. Zach Moss or Foreman? Uh, I'll take I have Moss. Foreman ahead of Moss right now.
2: I'll take Moss.
0: Damian Pierce or Foreman? Foreman. Yeah, I'm going to put Foreman ahead of Pierce. Okay. Okay. And Madison ahead of Foreman in this game. Uh, yep. How much you like Cole
1: Komet this week, Dave? I like him a lot. I think he's. I think he keeps it rolling too. He's basically the number two receiver in this offense. Ever since Chase Claypool was dumped by the Bears, and I'm not talking about traded away, just they made him inactive, he's been he's been catching fire. I've got him as a top ten tight end,
0: and Jamie has him I think sixth. So, all right, start
1: Cole Komet, Cole Komet or Darren Waller. Komet, I currently have Waller.
0: All right, I think I. I hope I didn't shortchange this game. There's a lot of interesting fantasy parts. We can, once again, we can compare as we get to the show, through the show. Let's see. Addison, Lockett, or McLaurin? PPR. Addison. Addison. Foreman. These are all chat questions here. Foreman or Stevenson? Half PPR.
2: Stevenson for me. I'll take Foreman. All right.
0: That's it for Minnesota and Chicago. On to Arizona. And, what's that? Cardinals Rams. Yeah. Cardinals Rams.
1: Let's get this one out of the
0: way. You know, it's not like, it's not like a great game on paper, but it's an interesting fantasy game. Cause you have so many, you know, you got Kyron Williams. You, you got, uh, the Cardinals are really interesting. Obviously.
1: Uh, I feel like one of these teams, you can just start them all. The line
2: is fishy though. Like are the Rams really seven point favorites that never, should they be favored by seven over anybody at this point?
0: Uh, probably not. It's kind of, it reminds me of the Commanders being six-point favorites against the Bears two weeks ago. I, was I, like, think, I don't really think they should be six-point favorites over anyone. Lost
1: I think it's by a 20. byproduct of Arizona getting blown out each of their last two games. 19-point loss, 14-point loss. Did we Public talk- perception thinking that Arizona just isn't that good. What was the spread last night? It was 10-and-a-half, wasn't it? It was 10-and-a-half, yep. and the Chiefs won by 11. That sucks for me, you know. Uh,
0: great for some <laughs> people. Arizona at the Rams, the stat of the game. The Broncos? Yeah, I mean, in a, in a, I didn't bet on it. I just in a pick them. I, I took the Broncos plus 10 and a half. Um, Arizona has the lowest pressure rate in the NFL. So that is awesome for Matthew Stafford because what happened, this is relevant for for the Jets game too, really for any Eagles game. The Eagles have had a pretty bad pass rush this year. In the second half of week five, though, they they got after matthew stafford they pressured him on on more than half of his dropbacks uh the line like everything was terrible for stafford in the second half but the cardinals they do they do have a lot of sacks ninth in sacks but that's not telling the whole story they
2: played the giants you got to take that out <laughs> i don't know how many they, they had, had three
1: sacks against the giants they had six sacks against the commanders in week 1 oh, okay that that's awesome. and last week so you two know those teams will help yeah. They played against Burrow last week, and, and you'd think that blitzing Burrow was part of the secret formula for beating him, especially when he wasn't throwing downfield that much. They had their highest blitz rate last week, and it was only 23.5%. <laughs> it's really low. They just do not blitz a lot, and therefore they don't get a lot of pressure on the quarterback.
0: All right, Let's get some Demercado questions from the chat so we can talk about him. But how about Marquise Brown? Uh, is he a must-start guy?
2: Yes, I think you have to. I mean, it's not an easy matchup. The Rams have given up only one touchdown to a receiver through the air so far this year, but it's still one of those situations where he's been so involved and and really so productive. I know some of it's touchdown related, but you know you still just take your chances with if they are chasing points and the way Josh Dobbs has leaned on him, I I still would trust him.
0: Would Number start, two receiver. You'd start him over like KJ Osborne and Josh Palmer. Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's easy.
0: I uh, pick one in PPR, Higgins, London, or De Mercado? Higgins. Assuming he
2: plays, yeah.
0: But you'd start De Mercado over London?
2: I don't think so. Uh in PPR if there is no Keontae Ingram, I would yes.
0: All right. De Mercado is in the same range as, you know, the Foremans of the world. He's basically right right behind Foreman. You
2: guys. The, the players that you, you should be trusting Di Mercado, Hubbard, and Foreman over are Damian Pierce, Rashad White, and Jerome Ford, for example. Those three guys are easy. Mm.
0: I I like I don't know why I'm a little higher on Pierce. Because he's gotten so much work the last two weeks. He's yeah. gotten more work. He he's getting it. more playing time,
1: but man, it's a tough matchup. Yeah, yeah, it is for sure.
0: Uh all right. Um, and if Keontae Ingram does play, would you still rank Di Mercado higher? Yes. No. No. Oh,
2: I'm sorry. You said so higher, higher than Ingram?
0: If Ingram plays, who's the highest-ranked Cardinals running back?
1: De Mercado, okay. De Mercado but I want to stay away from both as much as I can if they play. And it, I would expect him to play, and you just don't know how it's going to shake out between the two of them. I don't think De Mercado would play at the goal line, for example, because Ingram is the bigger back and the more physical guy. And I don't know. Like You really have to hope that game script comes through. Stafford has a huge game and Di Mercado and the Cardinals are chasing the scoreboard in the second half. And he falls into like, you know, the type of receiving line, strictly receiving line that Pacheco had on Thursday. I think he had like nine PPR points just from his receiving.
0: Yeah, The Rams did lose their nose tackle Bobby Brown for what it's worth. So that can't that's a I guess a good thing for uh De Mercado. Sorry to praise it that way. Bad thing for the Rams run defense. Right, right, right. Starter I heard sit. that
1: he wanted to play, but the Rams said no, and and that's their prerogative. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. You always humping around, Dave. Uh starter sit Zach Ertz.
2: Uh, you should sit him. I mean, it's not the worst of matchups, but like you kind of know what you're getting at this point. You got lucky last week with the touchdown. Okay. And he
1: still did he even have 10 PPR points? Nope. Nine. Yuck. (laughs) yuck. Yeah, it's really close. For me, it's close between him and Dawson Knox, and I might take Knox. Oh, I would play Knox for sure if there's no Kincaid.
0: If there's no Kincaid, yeah. Uh, Matthew Stafford is ninth for you guys, 16th for Heath. Matthew Stafford or Kirk Cousins? I'll take Stafford.
2: Uh, Stafford, yeah. He's my start of the week.
0: Yeah, baby. Matthew Stafford or Justin Fields?
2: Fields. Uh, Fields. More upside.
0: Matthew Stafford or Brock Purdy?
2: Stafford.
1: Much easier. I have gone back and forth. I just I think the matchup is just that much easier for Stafford that you give him the nod. And how this much way. did you love that stat I found for you? Which one? What was the set? <laughs> Jim Schwartz versus Kyle Shanahan.
2: Oh, that
0: was really cool.
2: That was cool.
0: Yeah, so it's go go ahead.
2: What turn mean, me it, on? I, I forget. Oh, I, I didn't find it. I saw somebody tweeted. I, I don't want to make it seem like I, I I came up with it. But uh Jim Schwartz is, as a coordinator head coach versus Shanahan as a coordinator head coach. Schwartz is eight and one against him and has really done a good job in limiting Shanahan's offenses. Now this is going to be a really good test because the Browns defense has been playing fantastic, but some of their opponents are certainly not to the level of what the 49ers are. And San Francisco may have the ball all day. You know, if Deshaun Watson doesn't play, Batonio may not play and the may not play, you know, they're just really beat up right now. Mm-hmm. And so it could be just, just ugly, but will that mean good things for Brock Purdy uh, to the level of what we've seen? And what we've seen again, you know, it's 20 points. So, I'd be a little bit cautious about saying he's better than a lot of guys and I don't think he's better than Stafford.
0: Uh, A couple questions from the chat. Stafford or Tua? Tua. Tua Tungvaluwa. And this one is the one I have to make. Stafford or, oh, Stanford it says. Stanford or Burrow? Uh,
2: They're back-to-back for me. I would still go Burrow.
0: That's what I'm doing too. Uh, In this game, Ertz or Higby? Ertz. Yes. All right, I got to. I saw some Kyron. Bigby got cupped last week. Let's talk about Kyron Williams. You guys do have him right around 12th or 13th. He's still averaging 3.9 yards per carry. His longest run is 20 yards. He's faced some very tough competition, though. Uh, this will not be that. Um, you guys like, like, love Kyron Williams this week?
2: Uh, relatively love. You know, I mean, it's such a good matchup. The Cardinals have been so bad against running backs. The question is, is he's probably going to have to score? Because we saw his passing game work kind of crater last week with Cutback and Nakua still being great, and you know even Tutu Atwell getting his opportunities and Higby as well. So I don't think you should really fear Kyron in this game, but you know again he could he could have a little bit of a trap back kind of game if he does not find the end zone.
1: I think the game script is better for him than it is than like last week's game right. was, for example. So yeah. that that I've got him twelfth in PPR among running backs. Kyron or Pollard? We have a question. I, I think this is a Pollard, Pollard breakout game.
2: Okay. I think it's a Cowboys breakout game.
0: It could have been the game of the week. It probably, maybe, it should have been the game of the week.
2: Um, Isn't that what he told you to do? I don't remember. I think so.
0: Okay. Rams wide receiver start Cup, start Nakua. I I always see so many Nakua questions because it's just a matter of like this one. Puka Ridley Hopkins pick two. The first two. Agreed. Yeah. Um. Is Puka in your top twelve? Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Any interest in Tutu Atwell?
1: DFS. Bye week replacement, wide receiver. The Cardinals play a lot of zone. This is what I was going to say earlier with Stafford. The Rams are playing the same type of schematic defense for the second week in a row, but it's with worse personnel, meaning they're going to see a lot of zone. They won't get blitzed too much. Stafford should have a much easier time. The receivers should get open a lot easier. And the receivers had a great game last week. And Stafford had over 20 fantasy points last week. I would expect everybody to do better this week. Sit Tyler Higby and sit the DSTs.
0: Detroit's at Tampa Bay. I give this stat all the time. Going back to 2022 now, the Buccaneers have allowed 98 yards or a touchdown to 16 wide receivers in their last nine games. The only time this year that they didn't allow multiple wide receivers to have either 98 yards or a touchdown was when they faced the very injured Derek Carr in week four. Um it you know they're supposed to have a good secondary, but they just they really struggle against wide receivers. And Josh Reynolds is a guy that we get questions about all the time. So start or sit Josh Reynolds at Tampa Bay.
2: I think with the Monroe St. Brown coming back, there's a little bit of a uh, you know downturn coming, but if Sam Laporte is out Then that kind of negates it a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I think you just kind of treat Josh Reynolds as you have been if there is no Laporta with St. Brown back. You know, good number three wide receiver, not a must-start guy. Depends on who you have on your team. And so, like for me, prior to Saint Brown coming back, with Laporta healthy, and again, I hope Laporta's healthy, uh, he was like in the range of uh Judy and Sutton and Lockett and McLaurin and those guys, you know, so like ride receiver 33 through 36, you know, so I, I think that's kind of how you treat them for this week.
0: Okay. Starter sit Jared Goff on the road.
2: Last 14 games, 13 of them, he's been 17 fantasy points or less. And so what we typically end up seeing is the running game takes over. He just doesn't have that second touchdown for whatever reason. So if he did have Laporta there and Saint Brown. It's hard to say must sit, but I just don't think the ceiling is there based on what we've seen. It's a pretty big sample size.
1: I agree with the ceiling part, but I think he can still get you around 20. But it's contingent on LaPorta playing like you said. This this Bucks defense, they love to blitz, they love to come after the quarterback. Goff has been better against the Blitz and better against pressure this year than in prior years, and I think the offensive line has been a huge factor. They're giving him time. He's more comfortable. A comfortable Jared Goff is a dangerous Jared Goff. I am a little uncomfortable ranking him as my number 12 QB. I think he's okay to start as long as he's got Laporta, St. Brown, Reynolds. Uh, I wish he had Gibbs. I think Montgomery could have a little bit of a tough time. I'm starting Montgomery. He's a top 12 running back. But I don't think he'll run away with this game, no pun intended, Montgomery, and take numbers away from Goff.
0: Hmm. Kind of sounds like... Plus, pick- I
1: think the I think the Bucks will be competitive That's what offensively. I was, yeah, I was
0: going to say. It sounds like you're kind of into the Bucks this week. Uh, I am into the Bucks offensively. All right, we're sitting Jamison Williams. Uh,
1: passing game, pass, not the run game.
0: Sitting Jamison really. Williams, start him on with St. Brown. If Laporta plays, you're going to start him. Um, unless we get a report about him being limited or something like that, and then we'll talk about it on Sunday morning. Uh, Baker Mayfield's outside the top 20 for you guys. Uh, Detroit, you know, they haven't been great against the pass, and they just lost their best cornerback, but I, I understand you don't want to trust Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield does have three games with 20 or more fantasy points, though, so that's kind of, you know, interesting. Uh, Minnesota, Chicago, and then New Orleans without a couple of defensive backs. Uh, yeah, you you want to sit Rashad White, right?
1: Yeah, I would. All right. I mean, in PPR, at least he's got the chance of getting you a handful of catches. We'll see what his role is coming out of the bye, too. I I don't think we've heard anything that suggests he's going to lose that workload that he has. But really tough matchup, man. The Lions defense has been great up front.
2: He's had one great game this season, which was against the Bears. In two of four games, he's been seven PPR points or less. And now you're taking on a Lions team that's yet to allow running back to eclipse 43 rushing yards and I believe is only allowed one or two touchdowns to the position. So it's just not something I think you want to buy into this week, especially knowing how this Detroit defense is played. Did he leave or did he just? Uh, I don't know. He's been putting himself off camera for the last couple of days. When When he coughs, right? No, when he blows his nose. Oh, okay.
1: So well, probably I, mean, I, pre- of-
2: I appreciate that. I don't need to hear him blowing his nose. Uh, no, no, no. I think it's good. But yeah, uh, let's see. There's there's a message in the chat. Let's see what he said. What did he say? Uh, had to hop, have to hop off again. So where are we okay. at? Okay.
1: So it's his issues going on. All right. You want to just move on to the next game?
2: Yeah. What do we got? Washington, Atlanta.
1: Washington, Atlanta. I believe. It's All the right. Next so game.
2: we got Washington. Let's start there. Uh, anybody you trust in this game?
1: I kind of like Logan Thomas, but it, it's based on volume, and I, I think that he's just going to continue to see a nice dose of targets from Sam Howell. I think I think we know what the commanders are right now, and I think it further helps his case that Atlanta, I think Atlanta feels like they've got a good set of cornerbacks. Not only is A.J. Terrell playing, and, and I think he's playing well, but Jeff Okuda's back, and I think they're comfortable with him, leaving him on an island at times. I think they like their slot corner. I think it will make the matchup a little bit easier for Logan Thomas. I've got him as a top 12 tight end, even in non-PPR. He's a little more touchdown dependent in non-PPR, but I think he's going to continue to get a lot of work there.
2: So that's I I would agree. He's scored in two of his last three games, and you've seen so far already this season. Dalton Schultz against his defense, best game of his season. Hayden Hurst week one, best game of his season so far against the Falcons. You know, So there's there's a track record here of tight ends playing well. And the fact that Thomas is coming off the game that he had last Thursday against the Bears should make you feel pretty confident that Sam Howell will lean on him. Plus, we've talked about this a lot when Tom- Thomas was in and out of the lineup early in the season. They've just leaned on the tight ends in general. So could be a tough game for McLaurin. Very difficult to trust Jahan Dantz at this point. The, re- the one that I struggle with the most is really Brian Robinson because we've seen against tough defenses that he's had a little bit of struggles. He did score against the Eagles. That sort of saved his production in that game. But if the Falcons are playing with any semblance of a lead, which at this point, hard to say that that's the case, but obviously the commander's defense is terrible, I think Robinson's got a chance to still be a number two running back, but I don't think it's a slam dunk by any stretch. So for me, he's closer to the group of Hubbard, DeMarcado, Foreman than he is ahead of those guys. He's, he's, he's ranked ahead of those guys, but he's not necessarily slam dunk ahead of those guys.
1: Oh, hi, guys. Welcome back.
2: Uh, we did not talk Atlanta yet. We just got through Washington.
0: Okay. Um Should we go back to Tampa Bay and talk about Kate Otten for a few minutes, or are we good? No, we're good. Okay,
2: yeah, uh, Brian Robinson. Unless you got like a million notes on Kate Otten.
0: <laughs> no, I've done. I think I said sit Kate Otten. Um, okay, yeah. So you're talking about Washington here. So is, is there anyone on Washington you're excited to start? Just Logan pa- Thomas. Logan Thomas. That's we it?
1: talked about Logan Thomas. Yeah. You're okay with Brian Robinson. I don't love McLaurin. I don't. I don't love Howell as a top twelve quarterback, but as a bye week guy. I'm I'm fine with him.
2: See the thing the thing with him it's like I I feel like it's going to have to take either a rushing touchdown or a two touchdown game from Logan Thomas because the, the way that the receivers have operated plus this defense and they've been good against really every quarter. I mean look you know they they slowed down C J Stroud last week and he's been on a roll. You know I I think this is a little bit of a tough game for for Howell personally.
0: Um, Brian Robinson, how would you compare Brian Robinson to like K J Osborne, Josh Palmer, Josh Downs, Josh Reynolds? Weird at uh, all the Joshes.
2: <laughs> um, I'm if, probably playing him over. Them. If if Laporta is out, I would play all those guys over Robinson in PPR. Ooh,
0: okay, full PPR. All right, you need that touchdown from Robinson, but uh, this should be a close game, right? I mean, they're not going to get blown out. You wouldn't think. So that's that's what really hurts Brian Robinson. I mean, they lost by 34. They lost by 21 game. Those were bad games for him. When it's been. When it's been competitive, he's had 19, 18, and 14 carries, and he scored against Philadelphia. Um, all right, uh, so do we have to spend that? Like, all the Joshes that I just mentioned, are they ahead of Terry McLaurin and or Jahan
1: Dotson? No. Yes, I'm I don't McL- even know. If, I don't even know if all any of them are ahead of McLaurin. And, and I don't really like McLaurin, but I don't know if I love any of the other players. I guess you can make the case for Josh Reynolds if there's no... Sam LaPorta ahead of Terry McLaurin. It's easier to to pass up on Dotson just because he just hasn't been productive. Which Reynolds is the sad. only
2: one I would consider McLaurin better than if LaPorta plays. I take Josh Palmer over him. I take um I take uh Josh Downs. Josh Downs over him in PPR, yep. Yeah. I feel I'm like, not there.
0: I feel like McLaurin's been like barely better He's been better than Dotson, but not really that much better. You
1: know, he's averaging about. He gets more
2: targets. He gets more targets. He has, but he has more targets a year. I think it's four or five games with just six targets. Like it's not like he's yeah, getting a lot right. of opportunities. Yeah, sure, yeah.
1: there's definitely that, and I I think like the target share. I'm saying he has more targets. I think it might be only by like one, two, or three. Five targets. more targets
0: than just than. He had Dehan a ten-target game, right?
1: Right, and and Curtis Samuel isn't too far behind, or he's in the mix between those two. I don't have it in front of me, but they're all all three of these receivers. Are really close, so they're spreading targets around to their three receivers, and they're spreading targets to their tight ends, and the running backs are getting into the mix. It's Kansas City part two. It's like a like a fake Kansas City in Washington because <laughs> they're not as.
2: Close. Oh, I would love to see the Commanders trade McLaurin or Dotson to the Chiefs.
0: Ooh, oh, awesome. I, yeah. I mean, come on. We'd like any receiver to go to the Chiefs at this point. That'd be great. Okay, uh, let's go to the other side of the ball. Are, are you one of the listeners actually clued me in? On the home road splits for Desmond Ritter, so his career at home seventy percent completion rate.
1: Yeah, we talked about this earlier in the one question.
0: Routine. Oh, okay. I'm sorry,
1: I missed. I that. read your notes, so I thought oh. it was cool. That's, that's cool that you got it from a listener. Just is keep this, in mind how many how many games are we talking about? Desmond Ritter's played uh, nine NFL games. <clears throat>
0: yeah, it's true. It's not that many, but he's so much better yeah. at home. But and did you talk about the whole deep thing, like the deep ball thing?
1: No, like, what's the deep ball thing? Well, why
0: you like the Falcons? Because the Commanders are so bad sure. against the deep ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And right. So we mentioned that Drake London is someone who could benefit from that. Uh, I know that Kyle Pitts has been getting deep targets. I feel like Kyle Pitts last week. Kyle Pitts was a zone beater. There's no question about it. Houston played a ton of the zone, and there's a trust that I saw between Ritter and Pitts against zone coverage. The Commanders usually start out playing zone, and then Jack Del Rio goes a little nuts. And plays more man, especially when they're behind. I, I, I'm, I'm trusting Kyle Pitts, but I'm not loving starting Kyle Pitts, even though he had a, a season best game last week.
0: All right, Jamie, how you feeling about? Obviously, we're starting Bijan. How you feeling about London and uh, and Pitts and Janu? Uh,
2: Pitts, I, I think you just start him based on what we saw last week, and hope that there's you know those type of games or or better coming uh, ahead. And again, you saw the secondary. While they were number one against opposing tight ends prior to last week, Komet still scored. So you have, you know, tight end beating this defense. Pitt's coming off his best game. Again, ride the momentum and hope that there's just, you know, more production like that. For John o. Smith, I think you just treat him the same way. You know, uh, low-end starter, deeper league options, you know, certainly in, in play. Tight end premium leagues, must-start guy. And so, you know, he's he's been very good. Can we get three guys producing in the passing game? Or really four, if you want to factor in Bijan from – Desmond Ritter, I don't think that's going to be the case. So somebody's going to probably be left out, like we've seen from London more times than not. So one of these guys will probably struggle, if not two. Um, so London is a borderline number three receiver at best.
0: Um okay. Would you start demarcado or London? I think I asked you that earlier, but I'll do it again. Yeah,
2: Demarcado if there's no Keon Tanger.
0: Okay. Would you start? Did you say Logan Thomas or Pitts, by the way?
1: Logan Thomas for me. I'll take Pitts.
0: Dave, Logan Thomas, or uh, Johnny Smith?
1: Logan Thomas. Uh, Smith had a couple of mess-ups last week. He fumbled, dropped a pass. I'm a little worried that the, the Falcons can use Van Jefferson as a change-up as far as like a short-area target goes for Desmond Ritter. Obviously, you're not going to see Wait, Van already Jefferson play this tight week? end. Yeah. I think it could happen as soon as this week.
2: That would be the first time that Van Jefferson's a short-area target in his career.
1: I know, but he can do that. Based uh, on what? Based on what we've seen from him and how good of a route runner he is. He can play. He can catch deep balls, too. I think he's a pretty decent route runner.
0: All right. I mean, I don't know. I'm really worried about his impact on this game. And they play like two tight ends, you know. But all right. Which DST do you prefer? Commanders or? It's a
1: listen, I think it's okay to start John if you're in a pinch this week at tight end. Like I've got him 12. Okay. But I I, I wonder. I'm thinking long term more so than this week that Van Jefferson takes a big bite out of John
0: Ooh, ouch. Which DST do you prefer?
1: The Falcons. Okay. Let me give you a, yeah. let me give you a few. I'll more... take the Commanders, but it's it's very close. I won't fight you if you want to. I mean, take Sam, the Sam Howell might get sacked six times in this game. Drake London. You or... know, the, the one thing about the Commanders, I'm sorry to cut you off. Yeah, after yeah. this week, they play the Giants next week. So if I'm picking between those two, at least I know with the Commanders, I can just use uh, okay. them for two weeks straight and not have to think about it. Uh, Garrett Wilson or Drake London? Wilson. Wilson.
2: Uh, Wilson.
0: K.J. Osborne or Drake London? (laughs) K.J. Osborne or Drake London?
1: Osborne. K.J. Very exciting news when we come back. No, no, no. I do have London hire. I'm sorry. They're very close.
0: Okay. Very exciting news when we come back. Uh, Can't wait to talk about it. We'll be right back on Fantasy
1: Football today.
0: So, you know, we have the mailbag coming up later. I got a text from Dan Schneier. I don't know if I'm allowed to read this on the air. I'm going to read it anyway. Um, hmm. He said, I got a terrible haircut. I'm mad about it. So there's that. Yes. So I'm really looking forward. You better not have a hat on. I'm really looking forward to just because he trashes my hair like every chance he gets. and uh, And he's had the same hair. Every day for his entire life. So I'm sure his haircut looks exactly the same as it did before. But I'm looking forward to uh, to this show. All right, guys, I think we got three games left. Philadelphia's at the Jets. Stat of the game, no running back has rushed for more than 53 yards against the Eagles. The longest run they have allowed to a running back is 15 yards. It was a Brian Robinson touchdown. Starter sit Brees Hall.
2: He's a start, but again, I'll go back to the list of running backs that we talked about. Kyron Williams used to start over him. David Montgomery is easy to start over him. Um, who was the third guy? Uh, am I blanking? Oh, M- Mostert. Mostert easy start over Brees Hall.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: he's he's a number two running back for this week, so it's very difficult to bench him based on what we saw. He's he's back, but this is one of those situations where if he has a bad game, please, please, please buy yes. low on him. If there's a yes panicked fantasy manager that all he oh all he did was just take advantage of the Broncos. Right, but because they can't use him in week seven because he's on a buy. So their schedule coming off the buy is fantastic for Brees Hall. The Jets run def- run offense should be great. But this game, I mean, against the Eagles, first game without Elijah Vera Tucker, he's going to have a little yeah. bit of a tough time. So yeah. I, I hope it's just that his talent shines through. But it's it's a really brutal matchup.
1: But that's what you're banking on. You're banking on him getting opportunities and and have him bring having him break a couple of big plays. And so I I like him. I don't know if I like him as much as I have him ranked right now. I will probably keep him as a top 12 running back. Oh, wow. But I I do think that there are going to be a lot of opportunities for him. We can't say that for many running backs this week, unfortunately. That's
0: that's an aggressive ranking. Okay. Uh, Right now you have him ahead of Ken Walker, David Montgomery, Travis Etienne, and Kyron Williams. Yeah,
1: I think those guys, it's going to be hard to keep him there. Okay. And it's probably. I think Jamie's right. I think it's hard to keep him ahead of Kyron Williams too, especially given Kyron's matchup. The, but that the, might the be thing, where I
2: draw the line. The right. the thing really with, with Brees Hall is not so much, I think, the running backs. There's a lot of receivers I'd play over. Them. Okay.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, I get that.
0: But you'd start Brees Hall over Barkley?
1: Yes. I would.
0: We've got a question here. Garrett Wilson or Michael Pittman?
1: Pittman. I like Pittman, especially in PPR.
0: If Darius Slay doesn't play, would you move Garrett Wilson up?
1: Um, I, think yeah,
2: I, I, I think so. You know, you, you got a scenario where they're going to struggle to run. So that game plan, I think gets thrown out the window early, especially if they're chasing points. And look, while Wilson was bad last week, Garrett Wilson, the previous game, he was fantastic against the chiefs. And that's a really good secondary, you know, so nine for 60, 14 targets. Zach Wilson was doing what you want, which was giving him chances. And so while the, the quality of targets aren't great, he also missed a 30 yard touchdown. Uh Zach Wilson did. Um, I don't know how much it was Garrett Wilson's fault, but they hit on one of those, you know, it, it, it certainly gives you the opportunity to feel good about that. And what we just see, we just saw the Rams receivers, clearly much different level of quarterback play. But the Rams receivers take advantage of this, you know, Eagles defense as well.
0: Now you guys That's have, a good point. You guys have Garrett. Um, I'm sorry. I just want to go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. My bad.
1: Well, what I was going to say is the, one of the reasons why Garrett Wilson didn't have a good game last week is because the Jets didn't throw as much last week. And I think they're going to have to throw a little bit more. I am nervous about little Zach Wilson running for his life when Jalen Carter and, and you know Brandon Graham and this Eagles front gets to him. Because it's the offensive line issue that we brought up with Brees Hall, I think it's going to impact the Jets more when it comes to them dropping back. And so we've already seen a third of the targets from Zach Wilson to Garrett Wilson be considered uncatchable. I still think there's room for him to maybe catch seven passes in this game, Garrett Wilson. I think the volume we turned up a little bit more, and that makes me have a little bit more faith in him, but it's as a flex. It's not as a number two receiver. Uh, Garrett Wilson or Zay Flowers? Like, I'll Flowers take Flowers for hours,
0: me. yeah. You guys have Garrett Wilson around 28th right now, so he's a flex. Devontae Smith or Chris Olave? Who do you like better, asks Kenny in our chat.
2: Uh... Right now, it's Devontae Smith, but if Olave has no issues with the toe, I might put him at it. I have Olave higher.
1: I wonder if, the, like, it, it feels like we're rotating between who gets the numbers between Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard from week to week. And Goddard just got his numbers, so maybe it's Devontae Smith's turn this week. Well, my question I, I would, for the
0: Eagles is, is, are you worried about them against the Jets' defense?
2: I think they're going to be on the field so much, the Eagles are, offensively. That they could do whatever they want to.
0: And it's easier to run against the Jets than it is to throw against the Jets. So we like DeAndre Swift a lot. Jalen Hurts is a must-start, obviously. Um, and then you can't get away from A.J. Brown. And the good thing about A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith is Sauce Gardner doesn't move. And not that not that the Jets are bad otherwise in the secondary, but Gardner doesn't move. Those guys move. They play about 50% of the snaps on the left side, 50% on the right. Sometimes they'll be in the slot. Uh, so they're not going to get shadowed. I really don't think so by by Sauce Gardner. Um, and DJ
2: Reed is back at practice. Uh,
0: that was the I was, did not know that actually. That their number two cornerback. He missed Checking last week's out. game. Uh, AJ Brown, you're starting. I get that. Devonte Smith, he had one catch for six yards last week. Jets allow the second fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. They've allowed one touchdown to a wide receiver. Um, but they haven't, I wouldn't say they've really stopped any good receivers so far this year. They just haven't really faced that many.
1: Uh, mm-hmm. So DJ D. Reed's been limited in practice, but I believe he's still in the concussion protocol. Like, would you start, would you start um, Brees Hall
0: or Devontae Smith?
2: Smith in PPR for sure.
0: I think so. Kyron Williams or Devontae Smith?
2: I'd go Kyron there. Same.
0: Uh, Start Dallas Goddard. I mean, you know, what are you going to do? The Jets actually allow the most fantasy points to tight ends. A lot of touchdowns. Yep. And that's it for that game, I think. Any interest in Tyler Conklin? He's got 50 or more yards in three of his last four games.
2: He is uh, the poor man's John Smith. So right behind him.
0: All right. Start the Eagles DST. Dallas is at the Chargers. Okay. Tough calls in this game, Jamie? Who are the tough calls?
2: michael gallup for the cowboys i think you should consider starting well i guess let's let's start with the obvious ones tony Pollard and cd lamb are obvious so for the cowboys is do you want to buy into dak prescott in a game that's expected to be 51 points do you want to buy into jake ferguson who's coming off a bad game and then do you buy into michael gallup who's coming off a bad game also i'm going to throw out the 49ers game because that defense is great chargers not so much so gallup has some sleeper appeal here this week like I would consider starting Michael Gallup over Terry McLaurin this week. That's how much I think this game is going to be high-scoring, and McLaurin's been that tough to trust. And two of the last three games, Gallup is better than Terry McLaurin. Um, In terms of uh, the Chargers, I think it's kind of all systems go with the three main guys of Herbert, Keenan Allen, and Austin Eckler. And then I think you put Josh Palmer kind of in that Michael Gallup range, but better because what we saw the last two games without Mike Williams, 15 targets – he did kind of get saved in the game against the Raiders by the late catch, late in the fourth quarter down the field. I think it was a 30-yard catch. But there's so many opportunities there. And so I just hope Justin Herbert's finger is not an issue and we see some sort of level of concern. He said he hasn't taken a snap out of uh, from under center yet. Not that that matters by any stretch, but um, Eckler coming back maybe changes some, some things for the you know auxiliary pass catchers aside from Keenan Allen. But I think, again, Kellen more against the Cowboys in a game that Vegas is telling you is going to be high-scoring. I don't think the Cowboys' defense is going to slow down the Chargers. It's just a matter, really, is Brandon Staley going to show, slow down the Chargers? Um, so there's just a lot to like <laughs> about a lot of players in this
0: game. Yeah, well, they're going to go for it on fourth down when they're up by three at their own eight-yard line. That might
2: determine the spread, Yeah, to be honest with
0: you. That's ridiculous. Uh, all right, so Dak Prescott or Brock Purdy this week?
2: Uh, they're back-to-back for me. Uh, I would not be surprised if Prescott's better. You should be starting Purdy because of what he showed you, but I would not be surprised if this is the breakout game we've been waiting for for Dak Prescott.
1: I'm going to rock, rock, rock with Brock, Brock, Brock.
0: Dak Prescott or Brock Purdy last week? Who would you guys take? <laughs> <laughs> Dak Prescott or Jared Goff on the road? I'll take Dak. I'll take Goff. All right. Uh, Jake Ferguson. Jake Ferguson or Logan Thomas?
2: Thomas, but it's close.
0: Agreed. Ferguson or Ertz? Fer- Fergie Ferg. Ferguson or
2: Komet? Uh, Komet, but I would start Ferguson over Pitts.
1: I currently have it Pitts, Komet, Ferguson. I'm debating moving Komet ahead of Pitts. Okay. Uh, I think I've already done that in non-PPR. That
0: I think that suffices nope, for this game. Oh, what about the Dallas DST?
1: Yeah, I would try and stay away. I know that like a rebound game is kind of what happens in situations like this, but I I kind of buy into the chargers being able to compete on the scoreboard and they have a buy next week. So I don't know if, are you dropping yeah. the Cowboys? I don't know DST, if I want to, that's crazy. the thing. I don't think I'm cutting them unless I've got a really, I feel really good about like a plan for DSTs moving forward after the buy. They've got the Rams, the Eagles, and then the giants and Panthers and commanders. So they've got some great matchups down the line. Yeah. I wonder if if you cut them, do you see them on the waiver wire before they play Philadelphia in a couple of weeks? And that's when you go back to them. I think you might. All
0: right, you could. I mean, hopefully they get some sacks, at least in this game. Pad the stats a little. Giants at the Bills, our last game. This is an interesting game. I, actually, from a game script standpoint, for maybe Gabe Davis, who's had three games with four targets or less. Uh, the Giants have allowed only three completions of 20 or more air yards. That's second fewest in the NFL. And they've allowed only one completion of 30 or more air yards. It was the 69-yard touchdown catch by Tyreek Hill in week five. So their defense has played, I think, a little better. And even though they got smoked by the Dolphins. um, And they are not giving up the deep ball. I feel like that was the case last year, too. So, look, I mean, this game, like, we talked about Barkley extensively in, in one question for each game, so I'm, I'm going to kind of skip him here. But you can go back to that segment if you want one question for each game. We've talked a lot about Barkley; he's an okay start if he plays. Uh, Darren Waller, we'll talk about, but Gabe Davis for the Bills—you know, start sit?
2: Flex. I'll, I'll I'll say what Heath says every week. He's the number three receiver that you like to have in your lineup because if he goes off, you're going to be thrilled about it. But you got to understand that there may not be a huge performance. If he doesn't catch a touchdown and certainly doesn't get the targets. So he's he is the definition of a boomer bust fantasy option. And so it just comes down to who you have. So better than McLaurin for me. uh, Better than Drake London. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would have said start him over both the Broncos receivers. Mm -hmm. Um, What about Amari Cooper, who now has PJ? I would start Gabe Davis over Amari Cooper. I would, too. Garrett Wilson. Uh, I would start Garrett Wilson in PPR and half PPR. I would start Davis in non-PPR because we've seen him score more touchdowns.
1: Yeah, I have Davis one spot higher, but I do have Davis in PPR behind Hopkins, Pittman, and Zay Flowers.
2: What about the
0: Joshes? Reynolds, Palmer, Downs?
1: Uh,
2: I would start Davis over those guys for now, but I may move Josh Downs a little bit higher, so I may put him ahead of Davis. We getting a
0: bounce back from James Cook this week, guys? Should. Ch- Here's another stat. The Giants, this is unbelievable. 23 straight games. No running back has more than 34 receiving yards or a receiving touchdown against the Giants. Very strange. They are elite against pass catching running
2: backs. He Where did catch. McCaffrey have that game? 34. He's the he's at the ho- Oh, so you moved the number up a little bit. Yeah, it was, it was 30. It was, it was, it was like yeah.
0: 29 or 30. Then yeah. McCaffrey had 34, but still, that's I not think because
2: so after you you did that for HQ, I did the, I did that as a prop. Uh take the under on it. Did it work? No, because it was like under 28 and a half, something like
0: that. Oh, no, yeah. Sorry. Sorry, dude. But still, I mean, it's weird. Like, they're just really good against that. They're really good against the deep ball, apparently. And it's middle of the field, I guess. They must get smoked. Um, We like Diggs, obviously. Josh Allen. Oh, Dawson Knox. Oh, If if Knox, if Kincaid is out and Knox plays, where are you ranking him?
2: Uh, We have it ranked that way right now. Um, So he's like tight end 14 for me. Yep, right in that range. Touchdown or bust tight end starters
0: at Darren Waller this week
2: if, I, as long as he's healthy and I believe he practiced yesterday Wednesday uh, I think they said it was a was a rest day for him even with Terod Taylor I think he's still a top 12 tight end so I would start commit over him I might consider Logan Thomas over him but really for the most part I don't think you're making a move to drop Darren Waller to pick up these guys so you just kind of hope that last week's game was a sign of things to come chasing points no Matt Milano You know, there's got to be some upside here for Darren Waller as long as Terod Taylor or Daniel Jones can stay upright behind that offensive line.
1: Terod Taylor has a career target share rate of 22% to tight ends. That's higher than to his running backs. Last week, Terod threw 12 passes. Four of them went to Waller. That's a pretty good target share. I think the Giants know that the ball has to get into his hands. All right, last question. And there's no Matt Milano for Buffalo. That's true. That's been the guy that shut down tight ends for a long time. Dave, how
0: was the microwaved fruit and yogurt? So we'll end with it was this.
1: disgusting. It was, it was, everybody saw it happen <laughs> live. It was disgusting. You was... microwaved fruit and yogurt? Oh, wait till you hear about this one. This is what I have At, for This is, this a is, lot. hold on, no, no, no. This is Adam's favorite nightly dessert, Jamie. No, it's he not takes, my favorite. Stop right now. He takes Greek yogurt and he takes frozen fruit. He microwaves the frozen fruit so it gets juicy, adds it to the Greek yogurt and adds a banana and mixes it all together. Yeah. And that's his manna from heaven.
2: So the the yogurt is still cold
1: though. Yeah, yeah. The yogurt yeah, is yeah. cold, you're the banana is room temperature.
2: So you're 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 defrosting the the frozen
1: fruit. Yeah, but the, right. the, the and point he's is... he's basically flavoring the the Greek yogurt. Yeah. with the the frozen fruit. And you know what, it sounds like a delicious treat if you use regular yogurt, yeah, yeah. but Adam's trying to cut down on his sugar. Right. And and so um, he uses this Greek yogurt, which tastes like sour cream.
0: It's bitter. It's bitter. I get it.
1: But yeah, I
2: I, I like that if it's real fruit. I don't know if I'd be using frozen fruit.
0: Oh, frozen fruit's really good. I, I mean, the thing is, it's just the yogurt that Dave didn't like, which I get. You have to get used to the taste of Greek yogurt. But everything is like, there's no sugar in it. It's all organic. Yeah. It's a very nice dessert. It
1: takes a little while. Would you like too. me to make it up, Jamie, and bring it to you on Sunday? Want to try this uh, No, I mean, I've, I've been having that myself. <clears throat> so,
2: Oh, really? Yeah. No, I don't mind at all. What's your process? Uh, I'll just take you know, um, just fresh fruit and drop it in yogurt. Fresh
1: fruit. See, I Greek actually yogurt? think. Hold on, wait. Greek yogurt <laughs> or oh, yeah. yogurt? What kind of yogurt? Uh, either. Or. See, I don't. I I have fruit with yogurt all the time, but Greek yogurt, that's that's going too far.
0: No, that's fair. Like, if you don't like Greek yogurt, you don't like Greek yogurt. That I I get that. Um, that I like the frozen. For the point of the frozen fruit is to get to get the juice running and to really flavor the yogurt. The fresh fruit I don't think really does that as much.
2: No. That, you know, just things. I'm trying to help you can put a little granola in it, too.
0: Oh yeah, you could definitely do that. Yeah, oh, but then you're putting sugar back right, in. Right then, I, don't, I try not to do that.
1: Okay, uh, at, why not just gnaw on a carrot? You should all
0: Adam. be taking health advice from me, obviously.
1: <laughs> it's the game of the week. Uh. All
0: right, we gotta go. We'll talk to you on the mailbag. Uh, have a great weekend, everybody. What do you
2: think Dan's hair is gonna look like? Let's take a let's take a. It's yeah. gonna look
0: exactly the same because every I, I'm gonna single guess, week. I'm
2: gonna guess he's so he's so concerned about it. He's wearing a hat, 100. percent
0: no, nah, he won't wear a hat. He he looks terrible in a hat, I bet. All right, so talk to you later, everybody.